welcome, welcome. This is According to Catalyst. This is episode 236. And I had to revamp my entire week because over the weekend, I became aware of the circus trial, the fake trial, the uh, crazy that poses as a trial for uh, none other than everybody's favorite, Alex. That's right, folks. We're talking about Alex Jones. Hey, uh, let me just say, I'm going to entitle this episode, And They Came for Alex. Now, I feel like I need to put this disclaimer in here because, you know, the world we live in today. I know who the guy is. I know he does a radio show. I know he's a bit of a off-the-wall individual. Don't really listen to his show. If I were to guess, I've heard maybe an hour and a half of material over 25 years courtesy of Alex Jones. So I really don't know what he does or says. I would imagine he is somewhere between the Michael Savage rant and the Glenn Beck conspiracy turned up to 10 and turned sideways. Uh, But that's just a wild guess. Point is the guy said stuff on a radio program, whether you like it or not, He said stuff. Now, if you want to go after him for inciting a riot or inciting harassment, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Just as long as you then arrest or sue the vice president or you go after uh, the majority leader in the Senate or any number of other elected official that's been stirring the pot in I don't know, pushing people to make irrational choices and violate the law. Because in my opinion, they're as guilty or more guilty than anything old Alex Jones might have done. Now, as for the specifics on the Sandy Hook thing, I don't know. Wasn't there. Didn't pay attention. Honestly, you can call something a false flag. You can doubt a number of people that are dead without saying that the whole thing's fraudulent. I don't know where he goes on that scheme. Again, didn't follow, didn't really care. Um, I know there's a lot of things that happen or that we think are happening that don't add up. Whether it's the war in Ukraine or the activities down in Uvalde, the official government story or the official story from the press is often... Not even close to the truth. So it seems only fair that you should question that which what we're being told or what we're being sold. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you should also then say, well, these parents clearly didn't lose a child or these parents uh, clearly aren't suffering. Uh, That's maybe a road I wouldn't want to go down and certainly not a bridge I would wish to cross. But again, wasn't there. Don't know. Didn't listen to the show have no idea. But the canary in the coal mine has now been killed. You know, the old adage about first they came for, you know, the trade unionists or the communists or the Catholics or the Jews, and then they came for me and there was nobody left. Well, we're already there, folks. Whether you like Alex Jones or think he's a Fruit Loop is irrelevant. He was participating in constitutionally protected pre-existing God-given right. Now, was he maybe crossing some lines? That's possible. Was he maybe inciting things? Well, that remains to be seen. 
But the judge directed a verdict. The judge violated all sorts of rules. The judge abused power. The judge, quite frankly, gave nowhere near a fair trial. The guy was set up for failure from the word go. And then, honestly, he was dependent upon people that hate him, which would be YouTube slash Google and uh, I guess Facebook or whatever, Meta, uh, to give him video material that he himself didn't save. Well, you know, I save every episode I do. Uh, I highly doubt I've ever done anything as inflammatory as what he apparently did. But that being the case... When you're dependent upon people that hate you to protect you, you've set yourself up for failure. I can't, you know, overlook that problem. But again, you either stand for free speech, you stand for constitutional rights, or you don't. The guy is the canary that's been killed. And those of you that are civil rights people, those of you that are actual real liberals, you know, the... uh ACLU types from the 1970s, you ought to be very afraid. You ought to be very concerned. And let me tell you, whether or not the uh, Congress flips this November, I won't be holding my breath, but whether or not it does, do you really want the other side coming at you for the same things? Do you really think that the idea of having show trials, kangaroo courts, and star chambers operating in the United States is a beneficial thing, I ask you, because I don't. I'm very concerned. Now, I can find Alex Jones repugnant, and I'm not making that statement because I don't know. I don't listen. He's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to throw the guy out. But even if I did, he still has a right to do that. He's still operating within the protected bounds of what our Constitution is supposed to recognized as a God-given right. Now, the guy could be a jerk. The guy could be an idiot. The guy could be any of those things. And I'm not saying that he is because I don't know. But he still gets to do that. Just like you get to gather for redress. You get to peacefully assemble. And honestly, January 6th was an example of this. Now, did some people abuse it? Sure. Were there thousands of them? I don't know. But there were a couple hundred thousand people there And I've said this more than one occasion, if they really, truly were going to uprise, if they were really, truly going to have an insurrection, there wouldn't be a single person in Congress alive today. And to be clear, I'm not advocating, I'm not saying that's a good idea. I'm just stating the fact that if those people were truly wanting to do that, nothing would have stopped them. Nothing. But they didn't. Now, were there a couple of people that clearly you know, cross the line. Yeah, that's fine. You want to punish them. Okay. That's fine. But putting a guy in prison for four years because he's quote unquote trespassing and taking pictures. Give me a break. And of course, where's Ray Epps. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. He got a free pass. Don't know why the guy's clearly seen on film inciting people, but he got a free pass again. I've talked about this again and again and again. There's the rules for we and the rules for thee. The rules for me, right? So nobody's buying this anymore. At what point do we just say we're not going to participate? We're not going to listen. We're not going to give you any credence. I got to say, this directly ties in with the 
events of the last year. Does anyone out there still really truly think that Sleepy Creepy Joe got 81 million votes? I don't. Not for one moment. And all those Trump haters out there, that's fine. He's still got more votes than he did the previous election. And every previous historical record shows that when the sitting president gains more votes in the re-election, they win. Do you really expect me to believe that 81 million people or more went out and voted for Sleepy Creepy Joe, who barely even campaigned? I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Now, you can hate Trump all you want. And just like Alec Jones, you can say he was a loon or whatever. He cro- I don't care. We're living in a clown world <laughs> and they've come for Alex. You know, strangely enough, Limbaugh's dead. I wonder if this would be going on if he was still around. In fact, I wonder if they wouldn't have come after Limbaugh. And as far as I know, Michael Savage has drifted off into the netherworld. And, uh, you know, Michael Reagan's retired as far as I know. And I mean, all the guys that were on talk radio in the 80s, 90s, and even the early 2000s, they're more or less retired. I mean, there's a local guy here that's retired. I thought he was awesome. I still think he's an awesome guy, even though I've never personally met him. And I mean, the guy lives in Frisco now, and he's probably forgotten more about conservative principles than most people will ever learn. But he honestly believes that Sleepy Creepy Joe won that election. Now, I don't hate him for it. I, I don't waste my breath arguing with the guy. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's done a lot of commentary, a lot of analysis in the past. I'm sure he has his reasons. And I can be respectful with somebody that I disagree with. Just like I'm respectful with a lot of conservatives when I think they're wrong. But eh, it's all right. We're generally on the same team. I can be respectful. That disconnect doesn't happen when you're left of center to where you can say, well, I vehemently disagree with you, but I can be respectful. Now, the sad thing is, is that's drifted over to right of center now. So we've got two groups of people that are working and honestly, they cross some lines that I'm not willing to cross. They they're needlessly rude or abusive. I get it. Sometimes name calling is useful or in, you know in the line of duty, right? Sometimes pushing back on people that are jerks. I get it. You got to do it. It's a little distasteful under normal circumstances or in polite company, but sometimes a jerk is just a jerk. So if you look at the grand scheme of things and they've now successfully gone after this guy and they're looking to destroy him. I mean, they've been working on this for a couple of years, all about, a story that we were given that said X, Y, and Z happened at Sandy Hook. And honestly, we don't know. And much like everything else that's happened in the past, the story we're given, whether it was the main, whether it was certain events in Vietnam, whether it was the first Gulf War, the second Gulf War, the nonsense in Afghanistan or even 9-11. We hear a lot of stuff and we just don't know what's real. Now, was a little throwback here. Um, and I actually mentioned the fact that I was going to go back and talk about things that the hippies got right. But this whole week got twisted around based upon this and some other stuff that has gone on. And I got to tell you, 
I don't think anybody should be okay with this. I, I think the mere fact that we're targeting our own dissidents ought to be a giant wake-up call to the entire community. Somebody referenced that they haven't seen anything like this since 1938. And if you don't get that reference, I can't help you. You ought to be nervous. You ought to be really concerned about what this means for our country. I mean, what's the next thing? Are they going to show up at Chris Salcedo's show and arrest him? I doubt it. Chris is a solid guy. Don't want to pick on him. Just, I'm saying. Uh, I mean, uh, is there going to be a SWAT raid at Mark Davis's home? Or, or my favorite guy back in Milwaukee, Mark Belling, is he going to walk to work over at WISN and have the ATF show up? I don't know, but this is the kind of crazy clown world we're working in right now. This is stuff that's out of every dystopian novel you could imagine. I mean, they warned us about this, whether it was Brave New World or 1984 or even Fahrenheit 451. It's come to the point that they're taking the word definition and redefining what it is to be defined. That's right. We've always been at war with East Asia. Come on, people. If you're not concerned, you're not paying attention. And honestly, I don't know that the election's going to fix anything because we still haven't fixed 2020. I mean, even the state of Wisconsin's starting to question legitimately whether or not they ought to rescind their vote, invalidate it. And I think the same thing may be going on in Arizona from what I've heard. Now, look, this stuff's all water under the bridge. I understand, you know, we're closing in on two years ago. But if it's true, if there, if it's proven to be true, if those five or three of those five states come by and say, you know what? There's just way too many problems here. We need to do away with this. We need to, we need to chuck this out. The results are not real. Everything that's happened over the last, what is it? 20 months now should be fraudulent from January, 2021 to right now. It should all be thrown out. Now I could make the argument that everything from <laughs> Obama's first term forward ought to be thrown out, but that's irrelevant. We are where we're at. We have to accept the reality we're stuck in. Whether it's really, truly real or it's just that which is foisted upon us is irrelevant. We are here. We're stuck here. We have to deal with it. We can't necessarily undo what happened in 2020, but we have to fix it before 2022 comes into play. And, you know, there's a lot of Republicans out there, a lot of you people that think we want the red wave and we're going to fix everything. We're fixated on just getting our latest champion into office and all will be well. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to be disappointed. That one or two or 10 people, they may be awesome. They're not going to fix the problem. I've said before in the past, I mean, even if we took the great Ron Paul and we cloned him with a couple hundred people and put them all over in the federal and state government, it would not solve the problem. It just would not fix things. Now, whether you want to blame the deep state or you want to go after the administrative state or you want to just say the inertia of where we're at can't be overcome, that may all be true, but it doesn't mean you stop fighting. It doesn't mean that you give up. 
It just means you have to be realistic. You have to take attainable goals and you have to fixate on the things that are fixable. Fixate on the fixable, right? And let go of the things you can't change. And I'm going to reiterate this one more time. You cannot fix what's going on at the federal level. You cannot fix the bureaucracy. You cannot make any difference outside of Texas. And as an advocate of Texas, you know, that sounds great. And, you know, I know that people are going to push back on me. Fine. I'll even go so far to say is you as an individual have very little effect what happens in the state of Texas. We as individuals have very little effect on what happens in the state of Texas. Our state legislature generally laughs at us. They blow off our priorities. They don't consider our principles to be worthy of their time. And the platform is just a meaningless piece of paper, much like several former presidents have referred to the Constitution as just being a GD piece of paper. One of them currently lives in Texas, by the way, one of those former presidents. It only matters if you're willing to enforce it. And the current governor we have isn't going to enforce it. The the current lieutenant governor we have is not going to enforce it. I have high hopes that the current AG we have is going to try and enforce it. But if the lieutenant governor, the speaker of the house and the governor are undermining him, those efforts may very well be in vain. And while we're on the topic of fixing problems, The State Criminal Court of Appeals, which is the equivalent of the Supreme Court on criminal matters in the state of Texas, has decided in their infinite wisdom that the state's attorney general does not and shall not have concurrent authority to investigate voter fraud in counties. And that's going to be solely left to the DAs in those counties. Now, let me ask you, do you really believe that in Dallas County, Bear County, Travis County, and Harris County, you're going to get a fair hearing or you're going to get your district attorney to do anything about it. I mean, heck, even in Collin County, our district attorney is afraid of his own shadow when it comes to anything political. Now, he may be a great criminal district attorney, so I'm not necessarily trying to throw shade on him. He is, after all, for re-election this time around. But the guy is super, super careful about anything that could be even considered political. And while I appreciate his motivation behind that, a whole lot of shady business is going on that he could and should do something about. Under the guise of, well, I don't want to get involved in political stuff here in Collin County. And of course, they all conveniently recuse themselves because they're good Republicans and they want to do the right thing. But do you think the same thing happens in Democrat counties? Do you think the same thing happens in Democrat states? No, you have to fight fire with fire. You're going to get a little dirty. When you go to battle, you don't go to battle and win and not get some blood on you. It's not ideal. It's not what we desire to have happen. But we're talking about the fate of our country, the fate of our state, the fate of our county. If you're not willing to go to battle when you have an opportunity to win, what are you going to do when that opportunity is gone? And I'm going to take you right back. Travis County is where they took out Alex. 
with the biggest bogus trial that one could imagine. Now it may be appealed, and it may be won and on appeal, but it shouldn't happen that way. We shouldn't even be going down this road. And it's because we tolerate this that we're just going to get more of it. My book, or my wife gave me a book, and it basically, I'm going to paraphrase, you teach what you tolerate. In other words, the things you don't correct, you're teaching those other people to continue to do those, that that is acceptable and that is good behavior. And quite frankly, I don't want my representatives and my state senators and my county representatives and my city council members and my school board members to think that I don't care. To think that I don't value the Constitution, that I don't value the Texas state Constitution, that I don't value biblical precepts. Now, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I get really nervous when you mandate anybody doing anything. Whether it's something I agree with or not, when you force somebody to do something, that's not always ideal. I get a little nervous about that. But this is exactly what's happened now. They forced Alex into a situation where he couldn't possibly comply. Then they directed a judgment and then they left people on the jury that had an ax to grind. that were far from impartial. Now I'm hopeful that this will be tossed out on an appeal. I'm hopeful that justice will actually come about, but I just don't know because justice has largely been vacant for several years. And not just here in Texas, especially other states, especially at the federal level. Does anybody really believe, what is it, Roger Stone and what's the other guy, these guys in D.C., that they did anything wrong or anything to justify the type of behavior that was used to detain them? Does anybody actually think that all these hundreds of people from January 6th that are still locked up in confinement, and honestly, we've done away with the whole idea of letting them see a lawyer, right? That's only happened once before, and Lincoln did it. They just disposed of it. Well, we it's not convenient. You don't have to produce the body anymore because we said so. We're going to claim national security, the panacea for all of the abuse, and yet we tolerate it. I'm sorry, that's a giant mistake. Now, you may fix a few things by winning an election. You may fix a few things by winning a court case. You may fix a few things by the uh, Supreme Court issuing an opinion that is agreeable to your point of view. But for long-term success, you have to educate your children and your grandchildren. You have to win at the local level. You have to show up at those city council meetings. You have to show up at the school board meetings. You have to let them know that we won't tolerate these things that their abuse of power, that their shoving down of deviant behaviors, these fraudulent expenses, these boondoggles that they sign us up for and they spend money like there is absolutely no tomorrow. Now, part of this is, you know, MMT theory stuff. And, you know, that takes far too much time to explain than it's worth. But basically, when you can have free money and spend it however you want and never, ever have to worry about paying it back, that makes you make foolish decisions. That is not a long-term growth. That is not a long-term solution. That is not a long-term correct decision. Hey, but 
They made it all all right because they came for Alex. Who knows who they're going to come for next. (sighs) Again, the canary in the coal mine is being strangled while we speak. The question is, as that canary has suffocated and is dying, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to be honest. For you and me, there's not much we can do. Oh, you can write your congressman. Oh, you can call your state rep. Oh, you can pick up the phone or send an email to your state senator. Heck, you could probably even get on the line and send an email or an impassioned plea to the attorney general. And they may listen, but they're not going to do anything. I mean, after all, it's Alex Jones and he's repugnant. We all hate him. But... This is not justice. This is not right. And if you care about the things that you say you care about, you should be super concerned that this isn't going to come back and bite you in the backside. We cannot and should not tolerate this. We have to do something. And we the people have the power. We the people can do something about it. But it requires you doing more than sitting at home and watching Tucker or Hannity. It requires you to do more than burn Rachel Maddow. It requires you to do something more than to get upset with John Oliver. You have to be involved. If they can take out Alex Jones, if they can bankrupt him and bury them, and this is a well-known guy with lots of money, what are they going to do to you when the time comes? What are they going to do to all of us when it just becomes inconvenient to continue to put up with us? Please consider that when you go forth and do your next political activity. Make the most. Make smart decisions. Invest in the things that matter. And with that, this was According to Kellis. This was episode 236. It was titled, And They Came for Alex. And I will see you on the other side.